Leafs have won it. They're going to the second round. This is the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. Holy Mackinac! This is D. Goliakimo, he scores! To D. Toronto scores! With Koliakabo. And Corrado. With Aaron Karolnik. Ooh, nah, nah. What's my Let's name? Crash into me. Just imagine the sweat pouring off of Val's brother's body. Motoring. Nice, that's a tough one. Man, I hate that introduction. I had a missed call from Frank Corrado, our next guest yesterday. So I call him back about Was an it hour before later. Or after the game? Oh, no, long before the game. It was in the afternoon, and okay. he answers the phone. He loves those afternoon calls. He answers the phone almost frantically. He's like, AK, AK, my wife is in the car. Don't say anything inappropriate. I mean, does this guy think I'm, I'm Joe Pesci from Goodfellas? Like, what was he worried <laughs> I was going to say? Carlo, you, got, you know me. Frankie, you know me. I've never sworn or said anything bad in my entire life, so... <laughs> I guess oh, my Frank, God. I guess Frankie what disagrees. Uh, what a I, I, what what were you worried I was going to say in front of your wife yesterday, Frank? I don't know, man. Like uh, maybe you're going to talk about the sweat dripping off Al's brother's uh, body. Good I don't point. Know. That is that is that is a pretty <laughs> a visceral thought. Um, yeah. yeah, the Al's brother. Uh, sweat maybe comments. ask if he's going vegetable picking or something. Yeah, like no, that. I, I don't no. Know. Frank Frank is not going yeah. vegetable picking this weekend. He'll be teeing it up with the boys, but. I mean, it looks like the way that things are trending here, Frank. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the boys will be teeing it up in the not-too-distant future as well, unless they get things back on the rails here. What did you see last night from the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, I mean, coaches oftentimes will tell you they want to win a territorial game out there, and it's not always going to be pretty. And when you play a territorial game, sometimes it feels uncomfortable because there's times where maybe you want to bring a puck back uh, maybe you want to do something that's a little more in your wheelhouse, but you have to make an uncomfortable play, and sometimes that's what benefits the team. And two plays where they don't essentially they don't play a territorial game and they bring the puck back, that's what costs them that game. The first one is Willie Nylander. Like, he has real estate to take that puck north. He chooses to bring it back. He gets his pocket picked. It's in the back of the net. And then Mitch Marner, like, completely stopped moving his feet and puts Austin Matthews in a tough spot in the middle of the ice where it's all clogged up, and that puck ends up in the back of your net, and you're thinking, okay, like that's two situations where if you just kind of dig in, take three or four hard strides, get through some kind of contact, get to the red line and chip it in, like we're not even talking about that, and that's what people talk about when they talk about managing the game. Like sometimes it is uncomfortable, sometimes it's stuff you don't really want to do, but it's the right thing to do. And this Florida team, like, they're opportunistic. They're scoring on their chances. And, yeah, like, they're obviously going to create their own. It's just you can't feed into it. And that's what cost the Leafs last night, aside from playing a really good third period and, uh, you know, a mundane, I guess, 40 minutes, if you want to call it that. Frankie, what do you make of this narrative that people are building about the Maple Leafs getting goalied by Bobrovsky? I mean... It's no secret Bobrovsky's playing well, and he's he's doing what a goalie should be doing for a team that expects to win. But this is four straight games that the Maple Leafs have scored only two goals. You're not going to win scoring two goals in a game in this year's playoffs. 
No, I, I, I agree. And Bobrovsky's playing great. Don't get me wrong. Like, he, he's elevated Absolutely. his game. Not trying to take away from what he's like, playing, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's starting to look like that $10 million goalie that he should be. With that being said, watch some of Samsonov's saves last night. Like, if, if it's not for a couple mistakes for the Leafs, that could be Florida leaving the rink saying, man, we got goalied by Samsonov. He was really good last night. It's just – I think the Leafs at times, and they do this a lot – they put goalies, opposition goalies, in positions to succeed because they don't make life difficult for them. And I found that against Tampa, they really bought into a certain way in front of Andre Vasilevsky where they, they made life miserable for him. And, yeah, he didn't have his stuff. Like, he didn't have his fastball, if you want to call it that. That's all fine and dandy. But you can do the same thing to Sergei Bobrovsky. Like, the last, if you want to call it, two years of this guy's career – has not exactly been a banner uh, stretch for him. So you know that, that you can find ways to get to him, and at worst-case scenario, like he's going to get to himself because you have to figure at some point this guy's due to come back down to reality, but you can't wait for that. You have to go out and, and address it and, and do your best to make him come back to reality. Like I think after two periods, I saw Craig Button was talking about it. After two periods, the Leafs only had eight slot shots on goal, which is like with, during the regular season when the Leafs have a, a not a very productive night offensively, they're probably somewhere around 12 to 15 slot shots. Like when they have a good night, they're close to 20. Like they're 19 or 20. Like that's, that's a big difference. That's got to be a priority. And like we've talked about, it's not like they're going up against world beaters who are um, moving them from the, the front of the net or, or guys like you, you don't have Chara, Hedman, Chernak. Like those guys are not back there. There's opportunities to be had. I thought on the power play, they did a pretty good job of it. Like the power play was a shooting mentality with always, always, always someone in front, whether it was Tavares or O'Reilly. One of those two guys was in front. Most of the time it was Tavares. And you see what happens. Like where's Andre, or sorry, where's Sergei Bobrovsky on the Ryan O'Reilly goal? He's swimming around his net because he just got peppered. He had to deal with a ton of traffic in front and you get rewarded for it. Like that kind of mentality needs to creep its way in at five on five. Frankie Corrado is our guest here on First Up. This is D to D. What lineup changes would you be looking for from Sheldon Keefe heading into Game 3, Frank? Free Justin Hall. Well, actually, so if Matthew Nyes is going to be out of the lineup, which we can probably presume he would be considering he left the game last night, I'm taking that opportunity to go 11-7. and seven, And my lineup adjustment would be this. If you think Timothy Lilligren is coming out of the lineup, then Justin Hall probably goes in. If you're just adding a defenseman into the lineup, it's going to be Gustafson. And I'll tell you why. You need to have someone who can penalty kill. Like Giordano, he needs to eat those minutes on the penalty kill. You can't make a one-for-one switch um, with, with Giordano and, and Gustafson because now that's going to strain Brody, McCabe, Shen, and Riley, who doesn't even really kill penalties anymore, and, and Lilligren, if you want to say, like, he, he's a penalty kill guy as well. But then it just it messes up the order of things because now you don't have players who are playing with their partners on a, on a more regular basis. And there's, there's one time where Giordano's, like, he's looking a little slow right now. Like, it's not the Gio that we saw during the regular season. But I do like the, like, I like him in the lineup. I just like the fact that He's that veteran guy. He can kind of command the ice a little bit. I know his feet are slowing down, and it looks like it in this series. Like, there's one time he's trying to keep a puck in at the blue line last night. It ends up going, like, three feet offside. 
but he got there just like a little too late and tries to pump it back into the zone. I'm saying, okay, if that's Gustafson, that puck might stay alive, and now they're playing in the offensive zone a little bit. And Florida had some tired bodies on the ice. So I, I struggle with it because as much as Justin Hall has been good on the penalty kill, like Timothy Lilligren, I know they showed the, the one giveaway there on the, uh, on the first goal. I actually don't think that's Lilligren's fault at all. Like that's, that's a drill that we do when I played for Sheldon Keefe. We do that drill at least once a week where the centerman has to go back and help the D and he goes behind the net. Like John Tavares, that, that should be second nature that he knows that puck is going there. So I actually don't really have a huge problem with Lilligren's game and I would add Gustafson in and go 11-7. and seven. Yeah, I, I think the, the lineup has to go 11-7, especially in, uh, with Nizel, just as you um, just uh, pointed out there, Frankie, just because you're bringing more advantage to a defense core right now that seems to be struggling in certain areas of the game, containing, you know, the cycle game, you know, even just the, the pace that it's being played at with, with Florida's forward. So I would anticipate uh, seeing that as well, too. Me and AK were talking about this earlier, and I wonder where you stand, where there's a lot of people texting us in saying that Paul Maurice is out coaching Sheldon Keefe in this series. And me and him are looking at each other saying, it's hard for us to understand how people can look at that and, and find any truth to it because how, how is Paul Maurice out coaching Sheldon Keefe in this series? Do you have any reason behind, you know, people thinking that that's a problem or is, is that being overblown as well too? Yeah, it's funny. I got that text last night from a couple people and I struggled with the answer to it. Like someone's telling me Maurice is out coaching Keefe. I thought about it, like, Sheldon Keith has, outside of Matthew Kachuk, like, he's got the best players in this series. Like, he really yeah. does. So, I, I don't understand this whole he's out coach. Like, Sheldon Keith should be able to put the Matthews line on the ice at any time, and they should win their ship. The Tavares time, more often than not, they should be able to win their ship, even if they're on against a good line like the Kachuk line. Because guess what? The Tavares line, they're really good players. They should match up well against anyone. And then your third line with Ryan O'Reilly, and if it's Achari and Matthew Nyes at the time last night, like that's a line that you can throw out against anyone. So I don't understand this notion that Sheldon Keith is getting out-coached. Really, what's happening is Paul Maurice's players are out-executing Sheldon Keith's players. And that's the right. bottom line. Like You can talk about systems and X's and O's and um, how do you play this guy, how do you play that guy. You know what you do? You take care of the puck. Like You put the puck to good spots, and you, 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 you have players skating onto it. You don't turn over pucks inside the blue line. You don't turn over pucks behind your net. Like That's really what it comes down to. It's execution. And, like, Carlo, you've been in playoff series before. So you know the messaging from the coach going into the series, okay? Did the messaging vastly change in, in the middle of the series? My guess is it probably didn't. It was just like, guys, we know what we need to do. We just need to actually do it and execute mm -hmm. it. Frankie, what a terrific performance. I mean, considering the way we started. He's fired where, up right now. I mean, this guy is going to bring the heat. I'm sure you'll see him. On TSN, hear him on TSN radio all day long. His Hold shift on. usually starts around 11 a.m. My guess is that he's in the car with his wife. That's why he put. Is that accurate, Frank? Like that. I am not. No, I'm, I'm running a few errands <laughs> because we got a big day today. We got mm. uh, we got a TSN.ca digital hit at 11. Leaf lunch 12 till two, wow. and then uh, we'll be on the 6 p.m. Sports Center and seven o'clock. That's hockey with Gino Retta. Jeez, Louise. Where's Home Depot? My you got goodness. Home Depot planned in there? Nice well, special Friday? I mean, come on. Well, you, you know, 
you, you, you know that Frankie's wife's not in the car because if she was, I wouldn't be allowed to speak. So, uh, that, <laughs> so AK, 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 my wife's in the car. My wife's yeah. in the car. I'm like, okay, Frankie. Actually, I let me just correct thing. you. I, I answered the phone. I said, AK, don't say anything inappropriate. My wife's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was probably a good idea because I had some stuff to say. And you know exactly uh, what I'm referring to. You, all, Frankie. you always have stuff to say. Save it for tomorrow at 9 a.m. at Caledon Woods, buddy. Oh, I am going low. Very, very low. Hey, just uh, be wary of the sweat dripping down Al's brother's body today when you're co-hosting uh, Leafs point. Lunch with him today. Yeah, there will be some sweat. We're remote today, so uh, I don't okay. have to worry about it. All right. Good, good call. Good call. Thank you, Frank. See you, guys. All right, that's our friend Frank Corrado. You could hear him and see him everywhere that TSN has any types of platform. Right. Yeah, I'm doing this at All 11, day, 12, 30 this. I mean, yes. I can't even, I cannot keep track of anything. So if I had Frankie's life, it would be an abject disaster. Aaron, you're supposed to be here three hours ago. Oh, sorry, I was sleeping. Yes. So <laughs> I, was, Frankie, I was playing golf. Frankie's sign-off for TSN. You know, like the, how everyone, every sports anchor has their sign-off. Like John Liu, TSN, mm-hmm. right? Frankie's would be, this is Frankie Corrado, TSN. All day, yeah. every day. Every single day. No <laughs> days off for Frankie. And if he's bringing that type of passion and energy to Leafs Lunch today with Al's brother, it'll be a must listen as it is every single day. Actually, I think Julia is traveling to the Taylor Swift concert today, if I'm not what? mistaken. I believe she will be uh, in a tennis Where is that, that at? Sunday. Nashville? I think, it's, I think it's Nashville this weekend. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow, that is going to be a tough How are you not Nashville. going to that? Well, Nashville's one of my favorite cities, and when all the Swifties take over as well, like all these bars, it's just going to be Taylor Swift and probably a lot of females there too, so I might have to book a flight this afternoon. You're listening to the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. To hear more of First Up, tune in weekday mornings from 6 till 10. This is the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. Bless you, boys! With that, let's bring in Matt Stajan, former NHLer, played with the Maple Leafs, played with the Calgary Flames, a former teammate of Sam Bennett, actually, and Matt Kachuk as well. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. Um, you've been tracking the playoffs at all right now? It's, it's kind of been a wild few weeks here. What's been most surprising of it all? Yeah, um, for sure. Watching, it's it's nice when you're when you're out west. Uh, the games start at like 5 o'clock out here, so... Oh. Can watch uh, the games with the kids, um, but yeah, it's it's been an interesting playoffs. It just shows any any team that gets in, um, you know, the league, the parity in the leagues there, and obviously Florida doing what they did to Boston surprised everybody. Seattle looks good, and um, you know, just teams I think people thought had no chance um, coming through and showing that they're not that far off these top teams during the regular season, and, and anything can happen once uh, they start a, a playoff series. 
Matt, how crazy is it that this is the first Leafs team to make it out of the first round since essentially, like when you're around, your rookie season with the team, like do you remember anything from that run and, and the way the city kind of came to life at that point? Oh, yeah. Um, it, was, it was my first taste. I uh, uh, I got to play in game seven against Ottawa at home there. Um, Sundin went down with an injury, and we brought in Brian Leach and – um, Ron Francis and a bunch of guys at the deadline. Um, so we were we were pretty stacked up front, and uh, the city was vibing. Ed Balfour was uh, stole us that first round. If we if we really want to be honest, he uh, stood on his head. And um, sometimes you need that. And I think that's kind of what you're getting a bit right now from Florida. They're getting timely goals, and and Bobrovsky's come to life. So um, it was a fun time. I'm glad Toronto got to experience a, a series win. Um, you think about all the kids through the last 20 years who have grown up have never seen that. Um, so it's exciting for the city, and hopefully they can uh, they can uh, make something uh, with, with this chance here. Yeah, it was funny. I saw uh, online they were interviewing a whole bunch of different uh, kids and whatnot who were down at Maple Leaf Square, and they asked, oh, this kid might have been 10 or 11 years old, and he's like, oh, I've, they've never been through the first round for my entire life. I'm like, guy, get in line. There's been 19 years of kids who haven't been able to, to experience the euphoria of winning a round in the playoffs. But uh, it finally happened. And to your point, yeah, Sergei Bobrovsky's been outstanding so far. There's uh, a report or uh, an article that's just been written up on TSN.ca about he's had his be- like best two games since he signed in Florida um, in terms of goals saved above expected. During your career, like you played against some real top tier goaltenders. Like was there a time where, you know, you looked down at the bench and, and said, All right guys, we gotta just keep it going? Like what's the message amongst the team to try and, you know, get to a a goaltender that's red hot and try to make his life more difficult? Well yeah. Um every every year there's there's goalies that when you're playing against them, um, you're just you have it in your head that it's gonna be tough to score tonight. And, you know, I think playing in Toronto in in the 2000s there, you know, every time we went to Buffalo, like Ryan Miller was one of the best players in the league and we, they had a great team and, and he was rock solid. He was hard to beat. Um, we'd have to see him eight times a year. So um, there's lots of goalies. Um, you, can, you can look at every year, Jonathan Quick in LA for years was, was just, you know, a stud. Um, and, and Bobrovsky, like, yeah, he's had a, a tough few seasons, but he got that contract uh, for a reason. And, and I think, um, it's the timely saves. Even against Boston, he played well, but like he made some saves late in, in Game Five to keep to get that game to overtime, uh, and then in Game Seven he made some saves, um, and that's that's what really rallies a team. Like um, you can be in a close game and it could be six five or five five if the goalie makes a big save at the right time. It rallies. It gives your team a bit of a boost, like when you get a penalty kill um, in, in key moments. So. Um, credit credit to him. He's he's making timely saves, and um, you know the Leafs got to get in front of him a little bit more here because uh, uh, he, he he can be. He he's not the biggest goalie. Um, he's he's very agile and, and tracks the puck well. But if they get traffic in front, the old story: uh, the goalie can't stop what he can't see. So the Leafs have to really focus on that to get a few by him. Matt, there's a couple of your four, former teammates who are having a big impact in this series. 
Like, why don't we start with Matthew Kachuk? Like, he's been unbelievable this postseason. He's tied for the playoff scoring lead, and now his team is up 2 nothing over a Leafs team that was the favorite heading into the series, but also after Boston got knocked off. Like, this is a Leafs team that's the betting favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Like, how impressed have you been with Matthew Kachuk um, in this playoff series, and is there anything that really stands out to you that maybe people aren't talking about enough when it comes to him? Well, both those guys, Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett, like they came in. I was, I was the grizzled vet here in Calgary, and and um, I was close with them. We were at the card table together, and you could just, you, they just have that that thing about them. Um, they just have it where, you know, they want it, and uh, you know, just they're competitive guys, and they'll do whatever it takes to win. Um, they play on the edge, um, you know, they. They try not to cross that line, but they, they're right there on the edge where, you know, it's, they're hard to play against. And I think that's uh, what make, makes them successful, especially at key times in the year. Sam Bennett at, at playoff time, is that's when he plays his best hockey. And Matthew Kachuk is always in the in the meat of the game and, and pulling teammates in, and he's done that since, you know, basically came into the league uh, once he got his feet wet. So, um you know, it, it's great to see, you know, just knowing them personally, you know, watching them grow and helping them on the first three, four years of their career, um, watching them develop into the players they are now. Um, it, it, it makes me happy. Unfortunately, it's had, uh, they're playing the Leafs right now, so um, the Leafs are dealing with that. But, uh, you know, credit to those kids, cause, uh, or they're not kids anymore, to those guys because, um, you know, they're, they're bringing it right now and, and uh, they're a big part of that Florida team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Sam Bennett's uh, an interesting player because, you know, struggled a little bit when he was in Calgary early on, but then ended up in Florida, and he's really put things together. He's clearly making his mark here in this series. I mean, how much appreciation do you have for guys that, you know, evolved their game to a way that, that kind of ends up suiting, suiting them better than maybe they originally intended on? And it seems like Sam Bennett has kind of found what works for him. Yeah, and he... Even in Calgary, like we called him playoff Sam Bennett here because in playoffs he just stepped up. But I don't think he just stepped up. Just the way he plays, um, he plays a scrappy game. And in the playoffs, you get away with playing scrappy. You get away with a little bit more. Um, Every hit matters. Where during the regular season, it's a little bit more of a marathon. And, you know, you can't run a guy every shift. You you know, you'll you'll get more penalties for, for playing on that edge. And, and, you know, at times early in his career, he was trying to find that balance. And during the regular season, you know, he maybe tries, tries to play a little bit of a skill game. And he has the skill. Um, but, you know, you go into funks when you're a player. You're not going to score all the time uh, unless you're a first power play guy and, and you're getting opportunities all the time. And, you know, sometimes you go in droughts. Uh, everybody does. So he, he, that's where he struggled a bit. But any time, you know, the game's – you know, got big and, and you know, scrappiness was there, like even Battles of Alberta out here, like he was there. You knew what you were getting from him and uh, it just translated really well to playoffs and, and now he's find his niche in in, in uh, Florida. So good on him and Chucky's the same. Like they, they just play on that edge. One of the things Florida has done really well in the first two rounds, they did it against Boston. They were able to capitalize on Boston's mistakes, and a lot of it was turnovers. And, yes, Florida forced them into turnovers, but Boston didn't take care of the puck as well as they did in the regular season. Now we're seeing it in the second round. Like, Florida's doing a good job. They're, they're playing with a ton of pace. They're putting a lot of pressure on the Leafs' D, and turnovers have been an issue for the Leafs. Essentially, it's if the Leafs are sloppy with the puck, Florida takes advantage. 
it's in the back of the net. Now, in the playoffs, like, you have to manage the game for sure, and you need to manage your mistakes. But, like, how hard is that for you as a player when you need to manage your mistakes, but you also still need to be able to make plays and understand that you need to have a little bit of freedom and creativity. Was it hard to kind of strike a balance between the two of those? Uh, well, yeah, you, you, you just have to it's picking your spots really. Um, and the unfortunate thing about the, the goals the Leafs gave up to start a second is, you know, the mentality a lot of time, even during the regular season, every game is the first, three four minutes of a period in the last two three minutes of a period like let's play the right way like let's play it a little safer you, you never want to give up a goal early in the period or at the end of the period just it's just not a good vibe on the bench uh or in any game so that's what was unfortunate that the Leafs came out and those turnovers happened then and it was multiple turnovers like it wasn't like like when your defenseman bobbles the puck when McKay bobbled the puck there and you get it like you got to make sure you get that thing in um but then they turned it over again and before you know it's in the back of their net so as a player, you just have to pick your spots. And, and I know it's easy to say you do want to make plays, but there are areas of the game where, you know, you're, you're, you're in the NHL for a reason because you're a good decision maker. And um, at key times, you've got to make the right decision. And the best teams in the playoffs, um, you know, make the right decisions the majority of the time. Because, you know, majority of the goals in the playoffs, they're a mistake. Like, it comes off a mistake, off a turnover, off a forced turnover. Like, like that's hockey. So it's uh, managing that, and it's, it's the same old thing, you know. Like you gotta, you gotta simplify at times. And, and in the third, the Leafs were playing free because they knew they had to, you know, try and get back in that game, and they were making things happen. And they're assertive and went after it. But um, there's times in the game when you just can't take those chances. With Matt Stage and former NHL, he played with uh, the the Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, and. Well, when you're with the Maple Leafs, you played under under Paul Maurice, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, how much admiration do you have for the fact that Paul Maurice has been able to, you know, stick around in the game for as long as as he has, and and has always been able to find success within a group. You look at what he's done with Florida. You know, after they kind of started off a little rocky, and obviously have them cooking right now. And do you have a, a favorite Paul Maurice story from your time here at the Leafs? Uh, well, he was great to play for. He was, you know, all around um, probably the best coach I had. Not that I like to rank them, but he was just, you wanted to play for him. Um, he, he's a player's coach, but at the same time, he, he holds you accountable and gets in your face. Um, so he uh, he gets it. That's why he's been able to adapt in, in the league and coach for as long as he has. Um, so, you know, he, it was some tough years here in Toronto with him. Uh, you know, we the one year we probably should have made the playoffs, we went to, down to that last game against Montreal where we had to win and then hope for an Islanders loss. So that, that Saturday night against Montreal was like a game seven. Um, but he was great. He put trust in his players. Um, some stories, I'd say. One time we were playing in in Montreal, and uh, it was a Saturday night, and, and before the game he came in and, and – told the guys he goes we win tonight we have playing problems and we're staying the night and uh <laughs> so the guys came out firing that night uh, uh unfortunately we lost in, in a shootout i think so it <laughs> kind of backfired but he uh you know he gets it and when someone needs a push he pushes you and another story is is i remember playing awful for a few i had a couple bad games me and alex Steen, we, were, we were young guys we were using a checking role and we had a couple bad games and we did team video um, the next day in Detroit and basically 
10 minutes of video was just clips of myself and Alex Steen making mistakes, not finishing our hits, uh, just, you know, mistakes that we were making. And it, the whole video was like that in front of the whole team. And he, he made it a point that this is unacceptable and, and came right at us. And he knew we needed it and we responded from that. So he's a guy that, that gets it. And, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, have have that right mindset with him because he's when coaches do that, they're trying to get the best out of you. They're not trying to attack you in any way, and and that's the mindset you got to have as a player. And and it's working right now in uh, in Florida during the playoffs. There may not be anything more motivating in the NHL than being on the road, knowing you're on a road trip, and a coach saying, "We might stay the night here if this game goes well." <laughs> and and speaking of the road, like a lot of teams have found a lot of success on the road here in the early parts of this playoffs. Like you've done it, you've lived it. Are you surprised that the road teams are having so much success right now? A little bit, to tell you the truth. Um, like some some barns are just hard to play in. Um, so it's surprising, and, and especially you get the matchup you want. Um, but, you know, it's for the Leafs, I think they just play more free on the road. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. They just go out there and play. They're not worried too much about matchups, and they just kind of go. We're at home. They're a little bit more, you know, trying to get the last change, the right guys at the right time. So maybe just, you know, especially the way their, their group is set up, I think they can kind of just roll and have other teams adjust to them. Um, but it, it's easy to say from the outside, right? They have a game plan. And, um, and another thing, like playing in Toronto, like it's tough. Like you, like we missed the playoffs by a few points a bunch of years in a row when I was there. And honestly, I look at it, I'm like the difference when, when players, when the road team comes into Toronto, there's so many players on other teams from Ontario. Yeah. Like you're pumped up for those games. Like when, when I went back to Toronto with the Flames, like I was so pumped up to play those games. You get that at, little extra boost so you think about that through the course of a year all the teams coming in and you know you're playing in Toronto you have that extra boost and you know that could be the difference between four or five points at the end of the season and, and in the playoff series I know it's been talked about Florida has 10 guys or something from from Ontario like they're jacked up to play in front of their family and friends in Toronto the mecca of hockey so um, as much as it's great to play in Toronto there's there's lots of uh, things that, that go against you with the media and then also you know, teams coming in wanting to always, you know, show well in front of uh, their family and friends. So all those things are a part of it, and I think it'll be good for the Leafs to get on the road and, and just, you know, focus on, on winning that next game. You're listening to the All In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. To hear more of Leafs Lunch, tune in weekdays from noon till 2. This is the All-In Leafs Playoffs Podcast. The best Leafs content from TSN 1050, all in one place. Bless you, boys! today is the sun still coming up today or what how's everyone it, feeling? you know what it was kind of like what it actually was it didn't come up right away but it did come up it was kind of gloomy and rainy this morning 
I cheated a little bit, played nine holes, and it was like, is that going to be nice? But it ultimately the sun did come out, but it was a tough start to the day. Tough start to the evening. You were in the building. What did yeah. you see? Well, voice, voice of Toronto hockey. I want to hear about did it. Did you do right? Sports right? Center? <laughs> I'm being oh, labeled. my. Please don't tell he me. He was that, on Jennifer. Jay last night. with the sidewinder, everything. I'm watching this guy. Can no, I know, but he wasn't introduced as the voice of Toronto hockey, was he? No, of course not. Get serious. I mean, that's a professional <laughs> program like Sports <laughs> Center. Yeah, but don't put He would have said it. Jay like, is going to say bother. it next time for sure. I might yeah. ask for that. You're right. I probably I'm going to. Put a little bug in the producer's ear next to, hey, if you could possibly bring me in as the voice of, of hockey in the city of Toronto. Oh, wow. Can I Look at this guy. clarify something, though? The amount of microphone PhDs that work at TSN is getting ridiculous. I didn't realize everyone had an opinion on how I hold the microphone. You guys were understandably carving me the first time. It was very stiff. Very, very rigid. Very I don't, rigid. If anyone had anything to say about that performance holding the mic, that was the Bob McKenzie grip, like the yeah. Varden grip in golf. Yeah. That was the Bob McKenzie Varden grip, and yep. it was the right kind of toe drag, and it was that was perfect. I thought got, so. Kara Waglin carving me last night. Kara, really? Kara said last night on Twitter, might be the worst mic hold in the business wow all right? not yeah. just on that show last night see listen the business if, if you want to know bobby told me the godfather of the stance is scott oak right he yeah. invented the sidewinder toe drag <laughs> so you could see the tie yeah well and I've Bobby stole it, and I stole it from Bobby. And, and now, now I'm stealing you it from it. you. Exactly. Yes. We all owe royalties to, to Scott Oak, I guess. Well, well yeah. I've got a little bone here on the thing. Is here, Here's the thing, and this is critiquing. I'm, You know what? You're, you got your it's PhD easy, now. It's okay. easy for me to sit on the couch watching you last night, but did you notice it? Can you put it up again? I don't know if either Jen or Jay. It doesn't matter. The back flap of your tie had kind of was peeking oh, out from oh. behind. That's and amateur I was hour. well. It's not amateur hour. Not on the, like. See, yeah, that's, no, that's fine. Beautiful, right there. On with, the with Jay head. show, you were quite loose. See, there on uh, the I Jay see. show, I was watching it. I'm like, it is. You're you've had enough. Like the building's empty. You're pissed off, <laughs> and that was it. You'd probably given the tie a couple like wrenches. Like, right. let's get this going here. And the back flap was hiding. Yeah, down where the is side. your headspace for those hits? Like, you probably got to wait a little bit, and you're grouchy. Yeah. And like, where? Where is the headspace at when the guy goes, you're on? Well, I've done it three times from the rink, and the Leafs are 0-3. Yeah, when not I've done allowed it. back there. So every <laughs> Dude, time I... I'm on and I'm at the rink, it's coming off a loss. And obviously it comes with some sort of negative tone. You Before know, you finish your tone. sentence, can you maybe not go down there I again? I think that's yeah. the end of the you're road. Banned. Yeah, I think that's going to be the end of the, end of the road. We, the grappler sent out on, on Twitter asking people, like, you know, what would you allow to happen before permitting Hayes to attend game five? If they get to game five, right, I think they're getting to game five. They better get to game five or it is going to be absolute bedlam around that team. But listen, it was um, it was basically two shifts that cost them the game. And if they yeah. end up losing this series, it was two shifts that cost them their season. 
and that's what it was. The first period, they absolutely dominated. And in the third, they dominated as well. Bobrovsky was spectacular. Yeah, he was. And the goalpost and the crossbar was phenomenal last night. Yep. The Leafs hit the post or crossbar flush like four or five times. So Bob was great, but Bob was lucky too. And the Leafs were unlucky. But those first two shifts of the second period, Amateur and it's the stars. Eye, it's Nylander, Marner, Matthews. All three of them made absolute preseason rookie moves. And don't forget one guy, Hazy. Don't forget one guy, and that's Samsonov. Right, that the Barkov, Barkov goal can't go in. Barkov's yeah. got a man wrister like no other in the universe, but that was garbage. It's just we've seen it in the past, that Essimont dude with that five-hole goal, and that goal there, it can't happen because Bob's probably not giving that one up on the other end. And those guys had to bust their ass to try to get to Bob, and they could not do it. But you're right, those plays – what William Nylander, like, and it might sound like beer league stuff. I don't care if a guy takes a half slapper if they panic a little bit and they ice it. But when you try to, that back pass right there, that is, that's insane on that. Arner, ice, and, and Matthews. Matthews tries to, to flip it over the guy. Yeah, like, it's, it it's a, a skills competition. It was like both, yeah. like two wrongs. Okay, not uh, but I right. ultimately think that he got jammed up he a little bit. Where he's, up. he he was like, man, this is a tough deal, and I'm like, what am I going to do with it? But like I said, if he just took kind of some little, get it out of the zone and exactly. live to fight another day, that was amateur hour, and it cost him, man. Yeah, I told Jimmy Duthie it was like there was a movie called Gone in sixty seconds. That one was Gone in sixty six. Nick Cage was the star of that movie. I yes, thought it the was right. the other bald guy, Vin Diesel, but it, I was No, wrong. it was Nick Cage. It's, Nick it's Cage Nicholas was Cage. outstanding <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Angelina yeah. Jolie was in that, too. But that was the difference. You're right. Like, this is what deeper into the playoffs look like. If one mistake, it comes back to bite. Everyone focuses on it. Again, you can make up for it if you you know you get a partial breakaway to Barrison tight Bobrovsky with the blocker. Like there was there were chances to tie that game. There were chances to go ahead in that game. Bobrovsky was the difference. But whether you deserve to win, this is the conversations we had in the first round. So we've right. got to have them here Doesn't in the matter. second round. Like Tampa looked real good in some of those games. If the Leafs found a way to win mm-hmm. last night. Somehow Florida found a way to win because they capitalized. I thought their forecheck's pretty sharp. Like that's something that it we've is got to very focus noticeable. Little, yeah, you know, it's very noticeable. There, there's two, there's three things that they rely on, especially when they get a lead. Yeah. One, they forecheck like mad, and obviously yeah. they're trying to keep the puck in the opponent's zone. I mean, that's that's yeah. hockey one on one with at any point, but certainly with a lead. Secondly, if they're in trouble, to your point, oh, they flip the puck out with with ease. They don't think twice. They're just like, neutral yeah. zone, go ahead, neutral zone. Like they track do it not down, care. track it down, track yeah, it down. Yeah, go get it. If the Leafs yeah. get it and bring it back, so be it. But when in doubt, it is it is flipped out of the zone. Yeah. And the third option is, okay, Bob's back, so let him make a big stop. Right yeah. mm-hmm. Now, the, the glass half full, I think, if you're the Leafs, is that Bobrovsky has been spectacular. But I think if that levy breaks, it could really flood. Like he, he could revert back to – Bob of yeah, the yeah, whole it, season. You really want to count on that, Hazy? I'm not banking on it, but it's on the I'm least to do it. I'm not banking on it either. I, I, I find one thing it. kind of ironic, and people seem to have this idea I can't stand analytics people. There's some really smart people. Like the, I like tracking some of the stuff, but it's amazing. The most important part of the season, it is such simplicity that works. It's like grind it out, funnel pucks to the net, get in front of the goaltender. I mean – Good goaltending 
Like, that's what it comes down to. There's mm-hmm. all these different ways of looking at the game and breaking it down. And it seems come playoff time, it's simply meat and potatoes. That's it. That's what works. That's what gets it done. Obviously, you have to have some skill guys make some plays, like Matthew Kachuk and Barkoff and Sam Bennett. But it seems like it's just one big meat and potatoes, old-school hockey fest, and it reverts back to that every year, and that's what's going to get it done. So we well, talk especially about... in the biggest moments, right? Like you yeah. look at last night. Uh, Sheldon Keith spoke on William Nylander today, and, and Nylander was a force in the third. Like, Dude, he, he, he was, was, yeah, he was great. Flying. Eric Lindros. They couldn't wait to get him on the ice, as they should have. But you look at that and say, what a third. Okay, the counter to that is, why isn't it there in the first or the second? But furthermore, he gave the puck away that led to the tying goal. Like, that's where, right. again, you can look at it and say, had a great night, which, again, he did. Like, he was phenomenal in the third. It didn't go in Insanely for him. Insanely good. Yeah. Insane, on the puck, push and play, aggressive. Like, that's who Willie is when he's in the mood to, to do that. But what you won't find in those numbers are the mistake that cost right. them. And it's that's why it's got to be a combination of all of it where, yes, you got to be on your toes. Yes, you got to play, you know, aggressive hockey, and, and you got to make smart plays. And um, yet if, if you make mistakes in close games in the playoffs, kills you, man. It kills does. you. Unless your goalie bails you out, and that well, didn't happen last night. Here's the one thing that I kind of – I don't know. I wanted your guys' opinion on it. Is I kind of feel like Samsonov put himself on the clock there with the comment to Masters, right? Like, like. Why don't you know, we play it? Do you want to play it? Let's well, pl- let's I, play it here, and then then you make your comments on okay, it. Okay, so fair enough. Master, it was a scrum. They sent Samsonov off out to speak. Like in the last round, they weren't letting him speak, and and right. now he spoke post game last night. But here's the interaction, the back and forth. Uh, yeah. It was Mark Masters of TSN asking him this question, and, and here's how Samsonov responded to it. Bobrovsky is playing at the level he's playing at in the series. Do you feel like that's a challenge to you? You have to raise your game? I don't give a f- Why not? It doesn't matter for me. I'm doing my work. He's doing his work. Go ahead. <laughs> I laughed because... Mark was like, "Why not?" Like it, the little, like the follow-up question, I thought was pretty good too. <laughs> like, you know, you don't expect him to drop the f bomb and whatever. I don't disagree with him, but what all it did is it showed me that yes, he is thinking about it because the look on his face, like, you know, in in other in in other interviews, he's a pretty affable guy. He's pretty, you know, honest. And and here. He's saying, I'm going to look at myself in the mirror. I, I listen to his whole sound, just not that little sound bite. He's like, I'm going to look at myself. I need to be better, all of that type of stuff. But, like, to say I don't give a you-know-what, like, I don't like it. you do. I, I don't like it, it at all. I it don't like that answer look. at all. I don't like it at all because it's not true. You better care. I mean, ultimately, right. the way I look at, you know, you talk about simplifying the sport. Like, goal scorers look at the scoreboard as whoever wins is the team that's going to score more. I think goalies look at it as whoever's winning is the team that gives up less. And he is, yes, you're not directly going up against him. But if he only gives up two, guess what? You can only give up one if your team's going to win. Like, if that guy's playing like a rock star, you have to be a rock star too. Like, it doesn't change his formula. Would you rather him say, I got to just focus on my own game? Or how about, yeah, he's playing well. I got to be better. Yeah, he's been great. I got to be better. Like, not I don't care, whatever. That's not like, well, I, yes, we get it, your process. No one's suggesting you need to nap like he does yeah. or warm up like he does or be watching intently. Oh, he went post to post. That was cool. I better try it. But it just gave off this, like, 
oh, that's irrelevant, what's happening on the other side of the ring. Well, it, it's not it irrelevant. be further from, tr- no, from the but truth. but Samsonov, let's, let's just put it on the table. He's got he's to stop it with the greasy one. Yes. Because it seems right. like there's a greasy one a well, little bit too frequently Because guess right what? Now. The last round, Vasilevsky wasn't that good. He wasn't that right. good. So, you know, Samsonov, he made some great stops at big moments. He was awesome in game six. But now the other guy is really good. So you got to be really good too. Period. I, I just, my whole thing is, is now the spotlight's on. Like if he just goes, hey, you know what? He's playing great. I'm just going to focus on myself. We're not even talking about it today. It's like, yeah, you know, I'd like that goal back. But what, because he showed, which is fine. You're allowed to show raw emotion. But because you showed it, like now I'm, you're watching to go, is it, is it in his head? What's his thought process? And if he has a not, like he doesn't. There's no room for an off game right now for no, Samsonov they played because the they're down to nothing. Like if they were up to nothing, you can kind of have a stinker of a game and maybe dig out or whatever. Like for me, the pressure is continuing to mount and mount and mount and shift just based on the numbers, which is two zero in the in the you know what the series is at. If this was one one, you kind of got a little bit of flexibility. It's two cob, man. You can't go down three cob. Right, and guess what? If he may have to stand on his head on Agreed. Sunday. He, Agreed. he might have to stand on his head on Wednesday. Like he might that that that's what Bob did in the last series. He went yep. in when they were down three one, and he hasn't looked back. And right. that's where I'm at with Samsonov is that again, it's not that you're mimicking what he's doing or or watching intently, right. but at some point it is a mono a mono. Like if the opposing starting pitcher is pitching a gem, you got to have it out of your guy in the biggest games. The other quarterback is is absolutely dialed in. Your quarterback better be too, or you can't win. Like that's it. Like I understand they're not directly yeah. competing against each other, but say, on the Brian, scoreboard they it's, are. It's not an individual matchup where you go out there and Jamie played the position. He didn't go out there and said, "I'm playing against Hashik tonight. I got to go punch for punch." You just have to give your team the best chance to win. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If the other guy's standing on his head, it doesn't affect you. You have to give your team the best chance to win. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, with their ability offensively, it's avoiding the greasy one because you can't come back from it. That Barkoff goal was outrageous, yeah, that's man. A bad goal. That was a flick a really shot. A flick yeah. shot. And 26 seconds in. Like, that's the thing. That building was rocking through. Dude, one. I took that shot 5,000 times in that league. It never went in one time. <laughs> no, it can't go in. No, <laughs> not one it time. In 5,000, you're tired goal. and you're like, I got to act like I know what I'm doing here. And you throw that little man wrister on net and it's like the goalie's like, even guides the way, it in. Even the way Barkov res- like celebrated, he was kind of like, oh. He was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, he He's didn't like, even really. Hit, like, respond to it he couldn't believe it was in the net you're listening to the all-in leafs playoffs podcast the best leafs content from tsn 1050 all in one place to hear more of overdrive tune in weekdays from four to seven